0: Welcome everyone to the Courageous Truth Podcast. As always, I am glad that you have chosen to spend a little bit of time with me today. What I want to make very clear is the book of Revelation is a prophetic book. There is a lot of mystery that has yet to be uncovered or lived out in the real world. So it's important that you note that yes, I am giving my best biblical interpretation of based upon what I have studied and a life of pursuing truth in God's Word. But at the same time, God is sovereign. I am not. He wrote the Word. I did not. So I am doing my best to interpret what I have uncovered and what I believe. I also want to note, I do reference the book of Revelation as revelations. That is an accident. I know that the book is called Revelation. But if you hear me say that throughout the course of this sermon... Uh, Just know that I apologize for that. But anyway, I hope you enjoy this. I hope it is helpful to you. God bless you and enjoy this episode, part two. Uh, Revelations chapter 13, we'll get into this and we'll wrap up here. Uh, It's a lot of information, but I think it is very interesting uh, to go through. Now, Revelations chapter 13, I'll read this. And this is, again, just a bunch of imagery and a bunch of depth. But I think it's, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated. Like, this book has been fascinating to me. And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads and ten diadems and blasphemous names on his head. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard. Its feet was like a bear's, and its mouth was like a lion's. And to it the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. One of his heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed. And the whole earth marveled as they followed the beast. And authority was given to it over every tribe and people and language and nation and all who dwell on the earth will worship it everyone whose name was not written before the foundation of the world in the book of life for the lamb who was slain this thing is a troublemaker for show if anyone has an ear let him hear if anyone is to be taken captive to captivity he goes if anyone is to be slain with the sword with the sword he must be slain here is a call for the endurance and the faith of the saints and I just want to camp on that like you see this this nasty beast coming out there all this evil symbolism and then this call that John scribes down is saying look by the way if you're because there will be people getting saved in the tribulation period like we know that because of God's mercy and he's saying he's writing this down as a message to those saints and really to any saint going through hard times persecution whatever saying if anyone is to be taken captive it's going to happen. Like, there are people, Christian brothers and sisters, being executed. Not in America, but in other parts of the world. And he's calling for the endurance of the saints. In other words, stick with it. There's something better on the other side. Don't, don't deny your faith because you're afraid of the sword or you're afraid of being captive. Like This, th- this echoes throughout all the generations of believers. You read this in, in a part of Africa or wherever, you're going to have a whole different meaning than in America. You know what I mean? And then I saw another beast rising out of the earth. It had two horns like a lamb, and it spoke like a dragon. It exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed. It performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives those who dwell on the earth." telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. And it was allowed to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast might even speak and might cause those who would not worship the image of the beast to be slain. Tongue twister, man. And it also causes all both great and small bore both rich and poor free and slave to be marked on the right hand or on the forehead so that no one can buy or sell unless he has the mark that is the name of the beast or the number of its name this calls for wisdom let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is six 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 again an easy chapter to decipher (laughs) anyway okay so uh for the sake of time, I'm just gonna. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, so uh, so here's what the first thing we're gonna do. Now, what 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 this re- this chapter reveals what a lot of people refer to as the unholy Trinity. Now, the word Trinity is not in Scripture, but 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 the 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 we see that governmental system of the Godhead in it. Okay. Now we know that Satan is a blasphemer and a counterfeiter. And what he has set up here is some sort of unholy three-way governmental spiritual system. He has set up himself, Satan. He has the first beast, which is clearly the Antichrist, and the second beast, which is the false prophet, okay? And we're going we're gonna to visit those really quickly, but I want to go into something just to kind of uh, make our minds even a little bit more complex, Okay. Paul Henry Spack was the first president of the United Nations, and he was a, a political socialist. And this is a, 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 a saying that he made uh, in, um, as the first president of the UN. <clears throat> we do not want another committee. We have too many already. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the allegiance of all the people and to lift us us out of the economic morass in which we are sinking. Send us such a man, be he God or the devil, and we will receive him. Now, I'm not saying that he's... I'm not saying... I'm just saying what he said. I'll I'll let you guys kind of interpret that, you know? And then there's a little bit of history on what the United... Now, I'm not saying the United Nations is evil. I'm not saying any of that. But what we do know is that this antichrist when he rises up he is going to rise up as a political leader in the earth and he's going to be so charismatic and so like that many nations will come and go to him because if you can get a one world political system you can get a one world religious system and we'll see that here in just a minute and the only interaction i've ever had with the un was when i was in haiti and i was just thinking about this Number one, the UN people were really careless with their firearms. And number two, they came in after that earthquake in Haiti happened in 2010, and they brought in a bunch of rice, which is great, but the problem was is it put all the local rice farmers out of business because the people couldn't buy rice from, they weren't allowed to buy rice from the rice farmers. They had to buy the the, the humanitarian aid that came in because the it didn't, they were up in the hills. Yeah. They all went out of business. So I'll let you guys think about that if you want to No. So first let's meet the antichrist. Okay. He will be a global political leader. He will be a a leader that like you look around today, there's a big push for globalism. Um, he will be a global political leader. And he will make a peace treaty with Israel. And we know that after that peace, and we've talked about it a few times, after he breaks that peace treaty with Israel, uh, he will commit what is known as the abomination of desolation. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew 24. (coughs) And there's a few different times in history that people think that this abomination of desolation has happened. Uh, In 186 B.C., uh, one of the rulers uh, there set up the altar of Zeus in the Jerusalem temple and declared swine and other unclean animals fit to be uh, sacrificed in the temple. This is before Jesus came, before the vision. Uh, Peter had that vision. Uh, a lot of people think it's that. I, I happen to believe personally, and, and you can, can consider whatever you would like, that The abomination of desolation will be when the Antichrist sets himself up and declares himself God in the temple of Jerusalem. And in, I think it was chapter 11, we saw the dimensions of that temple. And I believe that he's going to rise up. He's going to proclaim himself God. He was a political leader, but then he's going to proclaim himself as God. Like we see patterns of of political leaders claiming themselves to be God. Happened to Satan, or happened to Lucifer. And another thing, and I don't I don't know how to get too deep into it, but uh, it talks about earlier in the chapter that one of his heads had a fatal wound on it. And he was healed, and everyone was in awe of it. So uh, he will experience a resurrection of sorts, most likely a fake one, just as Christ experienced a true one. Remember, Satan is a blasphemer. He wants to make a mockery of of God, you know, and he wants to see people. uh, He he wants to say, look, I can rise from the dead, you know, and all this kind of nonsense. The Antichrist will attempt unsuccessfully to occupy or or hold the three Old Testament offices of the prophet, the priest, and the king, as Jesus Christ will someday do when he returns and sets up his kingdom, okay? We know, like in the Old Testament, there was always a king like Saul, and he had Samuel, and then there was always a priest, and they were, they were separate roles. But Christ is going to come and, and fulfill that. So, that's a lot, too. Not a, typical, <laughs> not a typical church service, but it's all good. It's the word of God. And then, let's take a look and meet the false prophet. Oh, this is going to be nice. Now, the false prophet, you know, he's, a, he's, he's, a, he's the second beast that he sees. But he comes up and they, he sees him come with two horns like a lamb, but he speaks like a dragon. And that reminds me of Matthew 17 or 7.15 where it talks about a wolf in sheep's clothing. It says, beware, many false prophets come like a wolf, but they're in vicious, I'm paraphrasing, but in vicious uh, sheep's clothing. So this false prophet is going to look gentle, but he is going to be vicious. And we know that that as we break down verse 11 through uh, verse 16, he's going to promote the Antichrist agenda and propaganda. So he is going to draw people towards the Antichrist uh, and towards his supposed deity. And he's going to imitate God's judgments, because remember there's judgments coming on the earth. He's going to breathe fire out of his mouth. He's going to do all these amazing signs and wonders. In other words, <coughs> I believe he's going to say, look, I'm doing these things. These judgments are coming from God. And he's going to turn people away from turning their heart the opportunity of repentance. And he's going to empower the image of the Antichrist. I am not sure what that means. I don't know if it's a statue, I don't know if it's some kind of electronic thing, but there's some kind of image of the Antichrist. Maybe it's a picture in everyone's home that they need to bow down to. You see, like you go to uh, Thailand, you have to have a picture of the king, I think it's Thailand, in your home, in at least certain providences anyway. Uh, New Horizon goes over there from time to time, and a lot of people over there do. I'm not saying that's what it is, but, He's going to put power into it. And he's going to kill those who don't worship the image. And he is going to call the entire world to a global worship service. So this will be a, a, a religious leader that is going to bring his religion, his spirituality, to attempt to intoxicate and deceive the entire world. So there's a whole lot there. Now, for the last couple chapters, this is easy. And there will be a test on this when we're all done. (laughs) The mark of the beast. This is an interesting one. Okay. Now, here's what it says. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to hit a couple notes, and then we we can talk about it if you want. Uh, Also, and this is verse 16, it causes all, both great and small, poor and rich, slave and free, to be marked on the right hand or the forehead... So that he can buy or sell, and he cannot buy or sell unless he has the mark, that is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let no one who let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six six six. So what do we 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 hear about this mark? You know, there's a lot of people. Oh, you know, the mark, the mark, the mark. I'm afraid I don't want to accidentally take the mark. Did I take the mark? You know, like when I was a kid, I was scared. You know, did I take the mark? You know it's not the case at all number one we know about the mark of the beast is this will happen in the future it's not happening right now it's not happening on the earth today it's not around it, it will be a visible mark and i always thought that this was interesting in the book of deuteronomy the phylacteries, where the the jewish people would put the law on their forehead i always thought that this was just kind of like you, you poking fun at, at that satan you suck anyway Anyway, so it will be a visible mark. Uh, no participation in society or economy without it. Now we don't know if it's going to be attached. We're not supposed to know. I, I don't think it really matters. You know, you know. Like this isn't something like. I think this is something cool to study and just have like a thought about it. But like to dedicate my life, I'm going to write. I'm going to write my thesis on the mark of the beast. I don't know if that's necessary. Necessary. Right? I always thought it was my social security number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't get it tattooed on you. Well, for a lot of reasons, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so you can't participate in society or economy without it. So if you don't have this mark, whatever it is, be it uh, a tattoo, be it a brand, be it electronic, be it whatever it is, you're not going to be able to buy and sell. You're going to have to go underground if you're alive, if you want to reject it. Number four, it is a mark that seals eternal allegiance and devotion to the Antichrist. So basically you're saying, my soul and spirit belongs to you. Now, for believers, we're not gonna be here. We don't have to face this, but someone we love might be. Like, I don't know when the rapture is gonna happen, but someone's gonna have some loved one in here. So, and then 666 is a numerical value to the name of the Antichrist, and I'll get into that in just a minute. Number six is, it is a willful choice to receive. You cannot accidentally take it. You will know exactly what you're doing when you take this mark it's not something you're going to accidentally you're going to fall asleep on a bus wake up i'm marked with a beast oh no it's not going to happen okay and i think the most important thing we have to remember through all of the this is our eyes look for the coming of the lord not for the coming of the antichrist you know our eyes are on the lord the lord is calling what's the lord calling me to do today what's what's my assignment like we're focused on on our relationship with God. We're focused on becoming better disciples, you know, becoming more holy, uh, uh, understanding more of His Word. But I think if God puts it in here, we'll talk about it. So, to to kind of close this out, uh, I want to talk a little bit about this this system of uh, numbers and letters. It's called the gematria. I believe I'm saying that right, Gem- gematria maybe. And what it is in both the Hebrew and the Greek Greek excuse me languages they add numerical values to letters in their alphabet. So so like certain letters will have certain, uh, numerical values and a lot. And, and a lot of people believe that the number six, 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 there's uh, 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 letter values that translate from that. And following this system of lettering and numbering, the beast the the name beast and the name nero caesar add up to 666 i'm not like we know obviously beast is the antichrist nero caesar i believe is is long gone but they they added up to 666 according to this but it says in here it's going to co- take wisdom you know it's going to take wisdom to know what's happening but i think if if the lord takes a few verses it's worth just checking out and just considering so anyway, I think it's good to know, but you know, our, our, our discipleship and our journey with Jesus doesn't hinge on knowing fully this. So that's like two chapters of a whole bunch of symbolism and a whole bunch of prophetic insight and a whole bunch of, of, of futuristic uh, things that are going to happen. So what do we do with it all? So here we are, we have sat an hour and we've We've looked at, at, at the, well, 45 minutes. We've looked at the book of Revelation. Sorry, I'm loud. making your kids cry. What do we do with all this? Like, where's the hope in this? You know, I, I, I believe more, the more I study this, the more I realize that the book of Revelation is all about the hope of Jesus, the hope that we have in Jesus. And I think, number one, we're reminded how terrified our enemy really is. He knows what's going to happen to him. And if you go through this, I mean, he's locked away in, a, in this spiritual place for a thousand years, and then he's defeated. And then when the battle of Armageddon happens, it's not even a show. God comes down, fire falls from heaven, and, he, and he's destroyed. There is no contest. He knows he has no contest. He knows he has no chance. He knows that the only power he has is what we give him. Number two, our Savior has already set his victory into motion, and we see it throughout these chapters. This isn't a glorification of Satan. This is a glorification of God and his defeat over the devil. He chased the woman. He chased Israel. He chased the child. Never once did he catch him. Not even like, no, he couldn't do it. He slaughtered all, like, I mean, terrible things happen, but he never could break the plan. He tried to break the lineage of Jesus. He tried to do all these different things, and it just didn't work. You know, the book of Esther, I think, is the biggest, is is such a great example, because he tried to wipe out the Jewish people, and it didn't work, because God always had a, a prophet or a queen or a king or someone to be obedient to him to save that, and then mock him some more. Anyway, that gives me goosebumps. <laughs> satan only has power over our lives that we willfully give him. that's one thing that i've learned you know when i find myself struggling in an area i'm like you know why i'm struggling because i gave that i surrendered that area you know I, I surrendered that to him i didn't want to fight and when i have the tools to fight like i don't even just have the weapons i have the victory i just have to walk it out you know that's why we have each other here to help us walk those things out and then finally, I love it, we serve the God who defeats the dragons and the beasts, you know, and the beasts, you know, the, obviously these specific beasts, but any kind of spirit that tries to rise itself up, you know, I love my nation, I love my country, and there are beasts, quote unquote, trying to take our nation down, but, you know, God has given the victory over those, regardless of what happens out in, in our nation, I think finally, it's just let's live our lives like the war is over because it is. We see the end. Yeah, we're in the middle of a war. But like, you know, I have a lot of soldiers in my, in my family lineage. World War I, World War II, Korean War, Vietnam War. When they were fighting, they didn't know the outcome. You know, we're fighting a war right now. We know the outcome. We just have to be faithful, like he said in in chapter 13, like he called to us to endurance, you know, and even though in the tribulation period, some of those believers might perish physically, spiritually, they're alive with Jesus forever in eternal life.